Radio. Well, good day. Thanks for joining us on the journey. My name's Jude Hennessy, host of the show. I'm the lucky fella who gets to sit here and pull all the different bits and pieces of this show together each and every week with great inputs from our fantastic presenters, some of the some of the best presenters from right around Australia. So wherever you're listening in, from right around the country, whether it be in 103.9 Gippsland, where it be 98.5 The Light in Albury, Wodonga. Maybe you're listening in from 99.9 Rima FM up in Coffs Harbour. Perhaps you're listening in from Pulse 94.1 in the Illawarra. Maybe it's from Life 105.1 in Bendigo. Or you might be one of our new listeners coming to us from 101.9 with Wagga's Life FM. Add to that, I know we've got heaps of listeners that are tuning in each and every week via www.radio.daw.org.au. You know what? doesn't matter to me where you're listening in from. Just thanks for listening. I hope you're going to get so much out of this week's show. Now, last week, we really got back into the swing of things, and we kicked off with the Arise Lenten program that we've been really fortunate to be able to get. It's a bit of a scoop for us at The Journey to be able to play this right around the country, broadcasting it live on air. It's a Lenten program that prepares us for that incredible event of Easter, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So we have this period of time leading up to Easter where we prepare ourselves through prayer, often through almsgiving, sometimes through sacrifices like, like doing some fasting, but certainly it's a time for us to journey closely with Jesus as we move through the scriptural accounts of his, his walk to Jerusalem and, and, and his yes to Calvary for our salvation. With that in mind, we're moving into week two of our Lenten Reflections. Now, last week I introduced Tracy Coombs to you. She's an incredible musician. She's written songs especially for this Lenten program. Each week there's a psalm, there's readings and a gospel reading associated with each Sunday of Lent. And Tracy's gone and written musical interpretations of those psalms. This week, we're going to hear from Tracy in a song she's called A Walk in the Presence of the Lord from Psalm 116. Then you're going to hear a gospel reading from me, Mark 9, 2 to 10. And then something that I know a lot of people will be tuning in especially for. We've got a combined effort from Sister Hilda Scott from Jamboree Abbey and Father Michael Fallon in demand right around the world for his incredible knowledge of Scripture. Well, we've got the two of them who've put together for us a Lenten Gospel Reflection. After that, we're getting into all the good stuff that's usually part of the show, as per usual. We're going to hear from people like Sam Clear this week, who's going to talk to us about praying for unity amongst the churches. Trish McCarthy in her Milk and Honey segment is going to ask us to look deeper. We're also going to hear from Bruce Downs. We're going to hear from Sister Hilda a little bit further on in the program. And then we'll hear from Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. All of that's mixed up in amongst the, the great variety of music. So as you can see, lots to get through in this week's show. But for now, let's hear from Tracy Coombs with Psalm 116, I'll walk in the presence of the Lord. Faith, hope, love and life. Thanks very much for joining us on The Journey.
Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain where they could be alone by themselves. There in their presence he was transfigured. His clothes became dazzlingly white, whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter spoke to Jesus, Rabbi, he said, it is wonderful for us to be here. So let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, they were so frightened. And a cloud came, covering them in a shadow, and there came a voice from the cloud, This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. 
Then suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they came down the mountain, he warned them to tell no one what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They observed the warning faithfully, though among themselves they discussed what rising from the dead could mean. The Gospel of the Lord There used to be a good book around entitled Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? It was by an American Jesuit, Father John Powell. The relevant quote, as I remember it from the book, was Why am I afraid to tell you who I am? Because if I tell you who I am, you may not like who I am, and it's all I have to give you. It's a huge step to impart the truth of ourselves to another, and so often it comes at a cost. We have to jump our fears of being vulnerable. Sometimes we have done it and regretted it, and at other times it has brought incredible life. It is a wonderful thing when we are able to impart the truth of who we are to another, and wonderful to receive the truth of another. It is also interesting that one of the results of this true kind of communication is that we tend to discover more about ourselves as well. Once we have done that, we are forever bound in a sense to the other. We are forever changed and it is forever precious. It's not the kind of thing one bandies about and takes lightly. There was a woman who lived down the road from us. Her name was Miss Bennett. She was once engaged to be married and in her old age gifted me with her story. She had in fact never really recovered from the breakup with her fiancé. It turned out that he was a responsible young man with a solid future, liked by her family, and he gave every indication in his self-revelation of loving her. But she was from a different religious tradition and from a working-class background, and his family would not accept her. She was in the end not welcome in his world and he made the choice to give her up. There was never anyone else for her. She could almost say she lived half a life, lived with half a heart and never knew the full potential of who she was created to be as who she was had not been enough. And here is Jesus taking a huge risk too letting the disciples know who he is. He so wants each of us to know who he is. He so wants to take us to meet his Father. He so wants us to know his world, as surely as the disciples were let in on it. When you and I sit quietly with the word of God, when you and I call out the name of God, when you and I do anything remotely connected with God, That is exactly what is happening. We are being invited into his world, only to discover our own world as well, only to discover who we truly are. It will be an interesting thing this week to see where you and I catch sight of God's world. What a gift for both God and us. From his earliest years, Peter had heard the dramatic account of Moses' encounter with God on the mountain. It was from that mystical experience that Moses was inspired, 
so the story went, to instruct the people in how God wanted them to live so that they would enjoy divine communion. It was Moses who gave the people the law. Peter knew this, and knew also the equally dramatic account of how Elijah, desiring to see God, journeyed to the same mountain, like the law, prophecy has its source in communion with God. Through Mark, Peter wants to share with us that Jesus too experienced a mysterious communion with God on the mountain. He has Moses and Elijah appearing there with Jesus. However, don't miss the conclusion. They looked up and saw no one but only Jesus. In this powerfully dramatic portrait, Peter is telling us that the law and the prophets reach their goal and find their fulfillment in Jesus. From now on, the inspired writings of the Old Testament are to be read only through Jesus' eyes and in communion with him. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Welcome back to The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy. It's great to have you on the show with us this week. For the break, as I promised, you heard from Sister Hilda and Father Michael Fallon in their gospel reflection for Mark 9, 2 to 10. And as I said in there, Tracy Coombs as well with her song, I Walk in the Presence of the Lord. Well, we've hit autumn. Summer's over. First day of autumn today. I suppose in the next few weeks we'll start feeling the changes, but one thing's letting me hang on to summer for a little bit longer, the World Cup cricket. It just keeps going and going this season. I know we're kicking off various things with our football season, so even though we've hit autumn, we can still hang on a little bit to summer with the World Cup cricket still going on. For those of you who are just listening into the show for the first time, sorry, you'll hear me rant and rave about cricket quite regularly. Nick, our sound editor, often pulls me up and says, Jude, that'll do, no more cricket, mate. So I guess some listeners in a few of our reasons will start to feel the cold a little bit more as we as we move into that autumn season. The uh, the leaves will start changing colour, particularly some of our listeners in our in our rural areas. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Sam Clear. Sam Clear is a man who is passionate about Christian unity, and today he's going to talk to us about ensuring that all of us pray for unity in the body of Christ. And after the break, Trish McCarthy in her milk and honey segment is going to challenge us to look deeper. She's very popular on our program, Trish McCarthy, and it's great to have her on board again in 2015. Faith, hope, love and life. So pleased you could join us this week on The Journey. Walking the Walk, here's Sam Clear. Hi, I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. Can I share with you a challenge that the church faces that I witnessed while walking around the world for unity? This affects us all and is a prime cause of the fractured division in the body of Christ. On so many occasions, I met Christians who had a very clear understanding of what Scripture says, but in complete opposition to their Christian neighbour, who also held a clear understanding of what Scripture says, to the point where both believed that the other was greatly misguided and not listening to the Holy Spirit. So many Christians quoted Scripture at each other, backing up their stance whilst rebuking the other person. And then there were those who proclaimed what was most important in being Christian, but used no scripture at all to back them up. In fact, they almost seemed to be dismissive of scripture. The most prevalent example of this, which was in direct opposition to having a visibly united church, was the proclamation that 
All that matters is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. So, were they saying that the great commandment of loving God and our neighbours isn't important? That attending church isn't important? That Christ's final prayer in the Gospel of John before the Passion about us being united is optional? What were they really saying? Here's the difficulty we face. The church is broken, and it appeared that the gospel according to ourselves was the repellent keeping the world's Christians at arm's length. There is a great responsibility on teachers of the gospel, in particular, to not rely on their own interpretation, on their own authority, but to seek the truth within the body of Christ. I have my own thoughts on how this could better happen, and perhaps you have yours. But regardless of how that journey is undertaken, will you join me in firstly praying that the body of Christ would be united in proclaiming the truth in love and living the love of God in truth? May we be one. I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. For more on the walk around the world for unity, go to walkforone.com. That's W-A-L-K, the digit 4, O-N-E dot com. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. As a part of some of the recent study I did, I was encouraged by the various practical exercises to ask some pertinent questions that invited me to see things a little bit differently. The result of this was an increasing ability and capacity to look deeper, something that God has been growing in me over many years, sometimes without me even knowing. Some examples of this in Scripture include John chapter 1, when Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel and says to Nathaniel, After he asks, how do you know me? Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. This wasn't just a physical sighting, but Jesus saw the heart of Nathanael and called him into relationship, into discipleship. As well, in Mark chapter 10, the rich young man, it says Jesus looked steadily at him and then proceeded to address the heart of the matter and challenged him to be transformed. And that's precisely what I'm referring to developing the capacity to get to the heart of the matter. This seeing that is referred to in the examples of Jesus is more than just a superficial glance. It's a deep, penetrating vision into the deeper aspects of the person, the matter or the situation. Imagine if we could look deeper into the scriptures, into creation, and to seek new ways of listening to or hearing God, allowing that encounter to transform us. My encouragement for you this week is to take a little more time in perceiving situations and people and taking a step back, so to speak, to ask yourself, what is the real issue, the heart of the matter? Or what does this person need me to be for them today? Before getting caught up in the superficial aspect of these moments. Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. Welcome back to The Journey, and a big thank you to Trish McCarthy for her great insights there in that piece she called Look Deeper in her Milk and Honey segment. Thanks very much, Trisha. Coming up in a minute is Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. He's well-known right across the country for the work he does in parishes. Now, he spoke at the Hillsong Conference last year. He's going to be speaking up at the Australian Christian Media Conference later in the year, and he's just been over to the United States to talk to the guys about what he does here in Australia with the Catholic guy, pay tv show that's on foxtel perhaps expanding into the u.s so we're really lucky to have bruce on the show he's a big fan of the show and a real big supporter of what we're trying to do for christian unity through this program and he's going to talk to us about well what it's like when you have one of those days and now inspiring you to dream 
Here's Bruce Downs, The Catholic Guy. Do you ever wake up and know that it's just going to be one of those days? Your thoughts are already filled with dread about the day and you wonder how the heck you're going to get through. You check your emails and they confirm your dread. One of your children comes to you deeply upset and needing your 100% attention. All that before a cup of coffee. Sometimes in our lives, we can have those difficult days, days when we don't feel able to cope with our circumstances or to do the things we need to do. As Christians, we must learn to appreciate those difficult days. Rather than being deterred by challenges along the way, could they stimulate us? As we journey with Christ through rough terrain, we can have real confidence because we know that together with Christ, we can handle anything. We just forget this time and time again. We can know this through three things. Firstly, our relationship with Jesus. When we walk daily with Christ, every experience is shared and we learn to trust Him with our whole lives. Secondly, the promises we read in the Bible. In Isaiah 41.10 it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The scriptures are filled with example of God's promise to be with us through everything. And thirdly, when we remember and reflect on our past experiences, we know that we have coped successfully during hard times. When we look back at our lives, we can see how Christ has helped us through the difficult days. If we're tempted to think, yes, but that was then and this is now, we just have to remember who God is. Though I might change and my circumstances might change dramatically, God remains the same throughout all of time and eternity. This can be the basis of our confidence so that we can get through even the worst of our days. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com and remember, I want you to know that God is never far from you. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. I was reading the Word of God oh, a couple of days ago and there were the words in Mark's Gospel, Repent and believe the good news. It's never hit me the way it did as it did then, not so much the repent, but believe the good news. As it happened, there was a young woman coming to me for guidance. I am the happy recipient of many stories, of many agonies, of many falls from grace. I listened to her story of her fall from grace, and in our ensuing conversations, the Spirit of God was at work, and she was able to feel the forgiveness and the understanding of God, so much so that it felt to her as though a weight had been lifted off her shoulder, that the sin that was clinging to her was gone, had lost its power. The next day she came back to me, and I said, as I always do, So, how are you feeling? After yesterday. And she said, Oh, I feel like a weight's been taken off my shoulders. And then there was a pause, and she said, But, but, was it real? Have I really been forgiven? Can I really make a new start? How true it is. How hard it is for you and I to believe the good news. The good news is that your sins are forgiven. The good news is that God's cast them from his mind. The good news is that there's a new start to be had at every single millisecond 
of your day of your life. The good news is that there's a God who can't stand watching the agony you put yourself through when you're caught up in the grip of sin. The good news is that there's a God who wants you home. The good news is that there's a God who wants only your happiness and your peace. The good news is that there's a God who'll go to any lengths to make sure that that's exactly what you've got. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Welcome back to The Journey. You just heard from the fabulous Sister Hilda Scott from Jamboree Abbey, known right around the country, in fact, right around the world, for her deep wisdom that comes from a life of prayerfulness. And a very clear, simple message for us this week was to believe the good news. Last year, we put together a number of the, the segments that Sister Hilda has done for us over the course of the last 18 months. We put that together in a CD. Really pleased to learn that that's going ballistic in terms of its sales. You can get it via Sister Hilda down there at the Abbey. You can buy it on iTunes and people right around the world have just gone, yeah, great. Two to three minute segments that I can use as, as prayer starters or discussion starters for small groups that are going on in schools, workplaces, family homes, churches, wherever. So congratulations, Sister Hilda. I know that you're uh, very dedicated to this show and it's pleasing to know that, uh, that all of the wisdom you've shared with us has been grabbed by people right around the world via those CDs. And after the break, we're going to hear from Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love, this great bunch of guys who are dedicated to making Jesus known and loved in the modern world. And Father Dave's done a little piece for us he's called the Stockholm Syndrome. Now, sometimes we fight for what holds us captive, faith, hope, love and life. Thanks for joining us on the journey. Here are the Missionaries of God's Love with The Call. It is a strange thing that a person would fight to defend the person who holds them captive. Yet this is the very thing that happened in 1973 during a bank robbery in the city of Stockholm. After six days of being held hostage, the people who were being held captive began to sympathise with their captors and eventually fought to defend them when the authorities broke in to save them. This process, which has become known as Stockholm Syndrome, is a lot closer to our personal experience than we may like to think. The reality is that we are all held captive by sin. It is our enemy and it destroys us. However, over time we have started to find that our allegiance has shifted so that we now see our enemy as being our friend. This becomes obvious once someone tries to set us free from our sin. This may be a friend challenging us about the truth or it might be the Holy Spirit prompting us to change our ways. We can suddenly become very defensive and fight to protect our sin, in the same way that a person experiencing Stockholm Syndrome would fight to defend those who held them captive, who held them hostage. This is where the scriptures are important for correcting our thinking. The Word of God is very clear about who the enemy is and how we are to fight, so that when Christ comes to free us from sin, we will not find ourselves fighting against him. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. What a great show we've had today. We've had Father Dave, Sister Hilda, Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, Trish McCarthy's given us her milk and honey segment we heard from Sam Clear. That's quite a lineup. And you add into that all the stuff that we did with our Lenten program, the Arise Lenten program put together by Daniel Hopper, the Diocese of Wollongong. 
and it's been one big jam-packed hour. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Tell your friends about it. Listen in live via all these fabulous radio stations around the country that are playing it live. If you want to go and listen to it again, of course you can. Go to www.radio.daw.org.au where you can also subscribe to the show and get it sent to you. Invite your friends to do exactly the same. Give us a bit of feedback too. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. My name's Jude Hennessy. I've so enjoyed bringing you this week's show. Make sure you're back again next week with us. Faith, hope, love and life. You've been on the journey. The Journey is produced by Jude Hennessy and edited by Nicholas Weir from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. Radio.org.au